1: Into episode 153 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented by, as always, our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations that's on Wellington Way. And Blazer Parkway, now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again, as always, by my friend and co-host, Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you?
0: I'm fantastic, Jack. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm just absolutely lovely. We are gearing up for yet another high-profile matchup for the Kentucky Wildcats. They are set to take on the Florida Gators on Saturday at Rupp Arena at 4 p.m. It's a, uh, Sean, it's a game that's a little bit odd because this Gator team is not like many we've seen uh, in recent years. It's a. Um, it's not a high-profile Guaranteed to be a top three or four seed in the NCAA tournament. This isn't a team that's a real strong contender to win the SEC championship. Definitely not the regular season. They're not even close to contention. They're just a um, very up and very down team. So, Sean, on one end, uh, they sit at 16 and eight, six and five in conference play, just one quad one year uh, win on the year in Ohio State. Uh, You look at the rest of their resume. They are one and five in quad one games, three and one in quad two games, six and one in quad three games, six and one in quad four games. So, uh, you know, they're racking up wins in those second, third, and four, uh, fourth quadrants, but they also have three losses there, which is not good. Their worst uh, being that, uh, what was that horrible loss or that Texas Southern loss? It was a historic loss. They, uh, they lost 69 to 54, 15 point loss at home. Against a quad four team in Texas Southern, so they have some uh, a really bizarre resume, Sean. But on the other hand, uh, Florida is coming in on a four game winning streak with its full roster. They get back uh, their star center. Uh, you know, some things to look positively about this team. They shoot the ball extremely well. Uh, so, kind of an up and down team that you really don't know what you're going to get out of them every time they take the floor. So, uh, very intriguing matchup, Sean.
0: Yeah, and, and they've lost their last five games against Quad One. So this is a team that, that's desperate for a win. And when you get to this time of the season, getting into that mid-February, I know we'll have the bracket revealed next week before Kentucky's game against Alabama. I mean, you're, you're facing desperate opponents every time you, you go on the road or every time you play someone at home. Uh, Florida comes in. This is going to be one of three straight Quad One games, uh, starting with Kentucky, then Texas A&M, and Auburn. Uh, you know you're going to get a desperate team coming into Rupp Arena tomorrow, and Kentucky needs to be ready to handle it.
1: Yeah, yeah. they they absolutely do, Now, Kentucky's taking care of business on its end. Uh, but yeah, you you can't deny that uh, that Florida has been taking business care of business in recent weeks. Uh, they are coming off a four game winning streak. They won against Oklahoma State, then Missouri, then uh, Ole Miss, and overtime in Georgia. So not the uh, uh, run of juggernauts that that maybe they would hope for, but wins are wins, especially at this time of, of the year. Uh, but Sean, they are also hitting, they've hit 10 plus threes in four of their last five games. Miriam Jones has hit seven, um, hit seven against Georgia. The other night that team as a whole hit 12, um, that he, he, in particular, he's knocking down 14 of 23 of his last, th- uh, three-point attempts over the last three games. It's uh, 61% from, the, from three. They also have Colin Castleton back, who he is kind of the the uh, st- straw that stirs a drink for them in the front court, uh, 6'11", 231 pounds. Uh, he's averaging 15.4 points and 8.9 rebounds per game. So, Sean, the, those two guys especially as of late with with Caston coming back from injury he he had a sh- shoulder injury injury recently uh but you know they're shooting the ball extremely well as a team uh so a, a couple things to be slightly worried about if you're a Kentucky fan but uh, as a bunch man and I know we've been kind of beating this drum the last several games and it it it's ended up being true for the most most part uh, not a whole lot to scare you from top to bottom they're they're kind of a boomer bust type team um not not one player that's going to be like, all right, they're going to be the one that takes the game over. So, uh, uh, interested to see how this one unfolds, Sean.
0: Yeah, very interesting to see how it unfolds. And, uh, you would think, you know, Kentucky should be fired up to play at home. Not had many Saturday home games. Uh, hopefully it's a full rep arena tomorrow and, uh, should be a good matchup to watch at rep arena. I know it's always. Kentucky-Florida, regardless of how Florida's been in recent years, it's always one that you kind of circle as a Kentucky fan or or follow on the program because it's been such an exciting matchup for years. Uh, But Florida's playing for their NCAA tournament hopes. Like, Kentucky has to gear up and and be ready for this and put on a show at Rep Arena for their fans. Uh, This this one and then next Saturday, I believe that's the last two Saturday home games of the year at Rep Arena, which is hard to believe. They played, I know, Georgia and Tennessee back-to-back. It's, it's been a month since they've been at home on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just kind of crazy looking at the schedule and feeling how fast this whole thing has unfolded, Sean. Uh, I mean, we have, uh, I believe, seven games left in the regular season, and then we're all in on, on SEC tournament play. It's unreal. We got Florida at home at Tennessee. We're both going to that game. We have Alabama next Saturday, then a, a Wednesday night matchup against LSU at arkansas uh at home against Ole miss and then back on the road against uh against the gators uh, to to round out the the regular season schedule but sean we're right here we're seven games away from from the sec tournament and I think it's pretty clear that this team knows what it is at this point. And and you talked to John Calipari today. uh, He was praising this team saying, you know, we know what this team is. We know that this is one of the best teams in college basketball. The rankings are proving that the advanced analytics are proving that the advanced stats are proving that every, uh, you know, talking head is now established and and made very clear that this is a team capable of winning a national title. Uh, So I think right now he's trying to, Funnel out that noise and make sure that they don't get bought into the uh this is a title contending team all that all those narratives. He they, they want to ignore the noise, but on the other hand, they also have teams like Florida, as you said earlier. Every game to close out the schedule, it, it, it's desperate because Kentucky is at the top of that list in the SEC standings, right below uh, Auburn. And shoot, at this point, Auburn took a, took a loss. There's Kentucky still technically in the running for. Uh, that SEC regular season crown as well, but the rest of the conference is looking up at at the Wildcats right now and and hoping to snag one at home, snag one on the road. Uh, everybody's Super Bowl, but the, I think it's really that point's going to be driven home really, really, you know, ten times further than we've seen uh, recently because of kind of it that make or break time for some of these teams like Florida, who are I mean they're they are desperate to wait, to make it wait. to the tournament. Um, I think looking at Joe Lunardi's latest projections, they are the first team out uh in in his updated list. So they're they're gonna be it's gonna be a feisty bunch. They they're they're playing well and they're desperate. And I think that's kind of a, a recipe for uh success on their end, and it's gonna be something that Kentucky has to be prepared for.
0: Yeah, and, and Florida's actually in a good spot when you look at their schedule and where they sit in Lenardi's projections, because they still have four quad one games, two of them against Kentucky. The Texas AM and m game is probably not going to stay a quad one. I, I know I tweeted that earlier today. Texas A&M seventy four in the net. They've lost like seven in a row. That's eventually going to be a quad two game mm-hmm. uh, for Kentucky and for Florida. But Kentucky they or Florida has Kentucky twice, and then they host Auburn and Arkansas in back to back games in a week. So they have opportunities here as that first team in or, or first team out, last team in. They can play their way into the tournament here in the next few weeks, which would be what would be really for the SEC. But Kentucky's just got to take care of Kentucky tomorrow. You don't get caught up in all the other stuff. John Calipari talking today about how you know, they've solidified that this is a good team. Now it's about staying hungry, and how do you keep going up? You don't want to peak. You want to keep turning upward. Six top ten teams have already lost this week. Kentucky's one that has won a game. Just survive, just win, get to March, keep worrying about you, keep taking care of you, and uh, Kentucky will be just fine. And, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see them get back to Rupp Arena. Hopefully that is a full crowd tomorrow. I know John Calipari on his radio show the other night said so they need the fans. He said it today. So hopefully they get a sold-out crowd tomorrow at home.
1: And you bring up that that string of upcoming games for Florida and and how crucial each, each one is. You bring up a very intriguing matchup, Sean, Saturday, February 19th, that 4 p.m. game, Auburn at Florida. That could be one, Sean, that could make things pretty interesting in the SEC standings uh, if Kentucky's able to can you know continue to do its job and round out uh, the season with a bunch of wins. That could be a difficult one for Auburn. I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. You have that one, and then, that February 26th matchup uh, against Tennessee, th- those two games might be the difference maker between e- Kentucky winning the SEC title. I know they've been struggling. Uh, they, the Tigers have been struggling immensely on the road. They've been having to grind out wins, and they weren't able to do that against Arkansas. Uh, Sean, I think those two matchups, I think, are going to determine if this team is going to win the SEC regular season crown or if... Auburn's going to be able to hang on. But uh, I think I would, I would take where Kentucky is trending right now and how they've been playing lately versus how Auburn's been playing. They've, they've been in uh, a couple rock fights in a row. I know they were able to spread that lead against Alabama uh, back on February 1st, but it's been kind of rock fight after rock fight. They barely beat Missouri a couple weeks back on January 25th, right after that Kentucky game. So a man at, that schedule, it looks easy on the surface. You know, Texas A&M, Vandy, then Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Mississippi State, South Carolina. But there are a couple teams in there that I think could give them a run for their money and, and really make things interesting as, as uh, uh, both of these teams look to win the, the regular season crown.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but there's some big games coming up for Auburn and Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's got this one tomorrow. They go to Tennessee – On Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, Tennessee's undefeated at home this year as well. So that would be a big win in the committee's eyes. We're talking right now about Arizona moved ahead of Kentucky and Lenardi's projected one seed line, and that's just the – they played recently. Kentucky will have a chance to to get back up there. Purdue got destroyed by Michigan last night. They've they've had some pretty bad scheduling due to the the cancellation with Michigan earlier in the year due to COVID. They've had to play three games Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday – uh, but when you're talking to Kentucky, they've got opportunities here to continue making statements, continue uh, strengthening that resume. And then the SEC tournament bracket, I know that you all put it up how it would look today. You all had a graphic up on your Facebook page yesterday, and there would be opportunities there. Whoever, whoever – if there's teams on the bubble, if there's teams fighting for seeding, there's opportunities to build your resume within the league this year. And even into that league tournament, I think this is going to be one of the most exciting SEC tournaments we've seen in a long time here in about three weeks. So I just got to, we got to prove for credentials. You and I both did in the last couple of days. I know we're excited about that trip because there's meaning behind it this year. You got teams playing for one seeds. you've got teams that are playing for their bubble hopes. Uh, it's going to make for a very competitive next three to four weeks.
1: Yeah. I think whether, no matter how the regular season plays out, uh, I think that if if Auburn loses one or two to close out this regular season, what well, you know, even just one, I think that SSEC championship, if if it ends up being Kentucky versus uh, Auburn uh, in Tampa, I wouldn't be shocked at all, Sean. If that's uh, and I know that you know they say that the brackets are already done by the time. You know, Sunday rolls around, but man, they might need to make an exception for that one because I wouldn't be shocked if if it's a one or the other type deal for the one seed, or if Kentucky continues to keep playing well, they they automatically uh, kind of boost up into that one seed, and maybe it's a if they play Auburn Auburn again in the SEC championship, it would drop them back, or however it would unfold. But I mean, it things could get really really interesting in Tampa, and if things unfold the way they could, I I would not be shocked if that. Sunday matchup between the Wildcats and and the Tigers determines who that final one seed will be representing the SEC.
0: Yeah I agree with you there and
1: I think Auburn's going to
0: lose another game. Now the question will be does Kentucky lose another game and obviously Tennessee on Tuesday you circle that one. I think you definitely circle the trip to Arkansas later this month as possible losses depending on how Kentucky plays and and everything with that, but I think Auburn's going to lose at least one more. You mentioned Florida on the road. Florida playing for their tournament hopes. They go to Tennessee. You just never know. But ideally, let's say Auburn wins the. Let's just say Auburn wins the regular season because they obviously have the the upper hand right now. They're kind of in control of their own destiny. But then Kentucky goes and wins the SEC tournament. You probably got two teams there that are deserving of a one seed depending on what happens in the Big Ten, depending on what happens uh, everywhere else around college basketball. Arizona, I mean, Arizona's playing really good basketball right now, but I just don't think that these other teams have played the level of competition in their conference that they have in recent years. The SEC is loaded this year. I think the league has a handful of teams. It wouldn't shock me to get to that second weekend in the NCAA tournament this year. I mean, Arkansas, an improved team. Uh, Alabama, if they get hot, we've seen them be able to beat anyone in college basketball, but then they can also lose anyone in college basketball. Tennessee's playing better basketball. Here's an interesting note on them. When they came to Rupp Arena, I'm pretty sure they were like 54th or 55th in offensive efficiency in Ken Pommel. They're yeah. up to like 32 last time I looked. So they're playing better basketball. They just uh, took Texas to the wire down there, a place where Texas later beat Kansas like a week later, like – the league is loaded with quality basketball teams that can get to that second week in the NCAA tournament. It wouldn't shock me to see the SEC have two one-seeds. Has that has that happened before?
1: I don't remember the last time. I feel – was there early in the Cal years, I feel like a, a Florida or somebody yes. would have been in – I think w- was that um, Bradley Beal year, that 2012 was – no – I don't remember. No,
0: well, I know the year Kentucky went to the final four in the title game, Florida was a one, but Kentucky was an eight.
1: That's what – yeah, I, I know it, the the years didn't necessarily align necessarily, but and both, both teams playing elite basketball at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I'm trying to think, though. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to get two teams from the same conference – as the one seed. It kind of makes it more difficult now that Gonzaga is kind of penciled in as a one every year because they do enough in the non-conference, but then they don't get tested in their conference. So you've pretty much essentially locked up that one seed uh, as is. So then you're fighting for those three spots, usually the Big 12, the Big 10. But hey, right now, I've I've watched a lot of basketball this week and I've watched a lot of teams play. And I watched Purdue last night. Like I said, that was their second game in 48 hours. But to, to get beat, by that Michigan team, by that amount, kind of ex- expose some things with with them. I, I want to see Arizona a little more. Right now, though, Kentucky's playing some of the best basketball that I, I've seen. And, and they've been doing it now for four or five weeks. And I know that it looks like a rock fight at times. I know that they have their moments where adversity hits, but they find ways to win. And, and you heard Cal talk about it today, Jack. All that stuff I've been talking about, for the last few weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, is they have these pieces that feed off of one another. He mentioned that today with all these guys and how they've bought into their roles. This team is just they they're sold on they are sold on what they want to do. They've they've bought into it. Cal got them to buy in, and you got everybody doing its thing. Like I, I texted you today, like Xavier Wheeler needs 88 assists to break the single season record of Tyler Ulys. He didn't play for two games. Like He's at his average 7.2 per game. Let's say they go to the SEC title game and get to the Sweet 16. If he just gets his average, he gets that. Kellen Grady is going to finish top 10 in three-pointers made. Oscar Chibwe is going to finish way up there in rebounds. The roles and what this team has identified and kind of bought into over the last four to five weeks, I don't think you can find a better basketball team that plays its roles better than this one does.
1: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See
1: website for details. Yeah, and I think that's where that confidence came from with Cal today. Where it was, it was a conversation. And I, Sean, I know you heard this. It was, it was a, a conversation with the media where it was like, guys, we all understand what this team is. Like, you don't have to keep. Writing these narratives like, could this team be a title contender? Is this uh, one of John Calipari's best group? Like, it's kind of one of those, like, we know this is the elephant in the room, stop talking about it, you know, type deals where Cal was really bringing up, like, I mean, go down the list. There's there's a, a thread at every single position. I like how he's starting to call uh, Kellen Grady steady Eddie. I, I think that's a pretty cool Nickname for him and really describes what this what he is doing and what this team's doing. The consistency you're getting out of Keon Brooks that, you know, Xavier uh, Wheeler isn't scoring the basketball, but doing so much as a playmaker and as a defender that you really don't need him to do a whole lot. And Cal even mentioned that he said, what name another point guard in college basketball that can give you zero points on any given night and still make the impact that Savier Wheeler's making name one. Like that's that's what Cal said, and and I think he's starting. It's things are starting to click with this team, and I think that was part of that uh, pressure of of ignoring the uh, shade and sharp buzz, and and why Cal wanted to go out of his way to to cut that noise out. Because I think there's just been a realization in this locker room that this team is destined for something great. Like, this team is is very much a, a – you know, and maybe they don't win the title. Maybe they don't even make it to the Final Four. But this is a team that is clearly capable of making it to that level if they – all decide to stay locked in and, and continue to, uh, you know, fight these battles and, and win the way that they have been. This is a team that is capable of stringing together six wins and in, in the NCAA tournament. They've already done five, and they've won every game by ten plus points. The only outlier being that Vanderbilt game, and they had that game. They're up by fifteen in that game, or whatever that one was. Like they, they are proving that they can win these rock fights. They can win and blow out games. And those are the type of teams that can win uh, when the NCAA tournament starts. As we said on that last show, as Seth Davis said, uh, this is a team that can beat you 95 to 90, or it's a team that could beat you 65 to 60. Yeah. It does not matter. This team is capable of beating you every single level, every single position, uh, bench, bench, role players, everything. This is a team capable of of knocking you in the mouth, and not many teams are able to throw haymakers back uh, and, and respond. So, uh, man, it, it's uh, another very crucial game for this team tomorrow, but uh, they haven't given anything uh, of the contrary that makes me, makes me believe that this team can't come out on top tomorrow, regardless of the opponent.
0: Yeah, and I'm expecting a really good environment at Rep Arena. I think they're going to feed off that, and I'm, I'm excited, too, for this team to – Go through this stretch run. You don't want to wish it away because Cal was talking about it Tuesday night after South Carolina that he wants them to enjoy this. Yeah, and he was talking about it on his radio show enjoy this time because it's it's I mean it's winding down now. But that SEC tournament environment, uh, it's in Tampa. I know that's different than it has been historically. I mean, I know it's always Nashville or it's been Atlanta or I you know St. Louis a few years ago. But with not having a, a normal SEC tournament since Kentucky lost to Tennessee on the P.J. Washington year. That's the last normal SEC tournament game that Kentucky's played in. I think that that place is going to be covered with Kentucky fans, and they're going to get to experience that run and that that week and what it's like. And this is already, to me, he's had some really good teams that are very likable. I just think that this one and the personalities and the stories, the transfers, the way it's blended together, I think it's become his most beloved team, honestly, because it's the one that got him going in the right direction again. Like, give credit to Cal. I think he he's worthy of some national coach of the year consideration because this roster it, he doesn't have the the top five draft picks, the top ten draft picks. One of them's sitting on his bench right now and hasn't played. For what he's done changes to his coaching staff, a nine and 16 year, a year ago, already with 20 wins. He's he's going to push for 30. If they finish strong, just an unbelievable job by John Calipari and, and this staff. And it's just, it's one of the, I think it's one of the better stories in college basketball this year, Oscar Sheboy, Kellen Grady, all these story, these storylines, Davion Mints. It's just an unbelievable team and just a fun ride. And, and I hope that BBN kind of buckles up for the next four to five weeks and, and enjoys this. And, Hopefully it ends in New Orleans and a, and a final four or a national championship, but man, what, what a team. And it, it's been a joy to cover them and they've got a lot of good basketball still ahead of them, I think.
1: Yeah. I, I think you took the words right out of my mouth. I think Cal and part of what I was saying earlier, where Cal's realizing how special this team is, Cal is not telling fans to, to take a step back and enjoy the moment uh, with with many of his teams. I mean, this he wouldn't do that unless he knew this team was capable of of doing something special in the group that he put together. And I know you you talked about the coach of the year honors and, and you know, maybe he does, but I, I, I don't know if he needs the, the trophy to, uh, you know, to to solidify that for himself. I don't know. But I, I think he knows the coaching job he's done this year. I think um, fans have given credit where it's absolutely due this year. I mean, his ability to turn this roster around in, I mean, with chemistry being such a clear issue, as we saw after last season, his ability to find all of the right pieces, the like minded players with one common goal with that, that were so complementary of wanting one, one another in terms of, of skill and production and, and, uh, personalities and what they all kind of uh, came together to do what they all wanted to do at this level for him to go out and find all those pieces and put them all together and, and make a run like the way the one he's having. Uh, I mean, just tip of the cap to coach Cal and what he's been able to do. He He's assembled a hell of a coaching staff, a hell of a roster. And uh, man, it's, it's just an absolute joy watching them every time they oh. take the floor. And uh, that's uh, going to continue tomorrow afternoon, Sean. We got another, uh, hopefully not another rock fight, but, uh, if if that's what this team team has on its plate tomorrow, then uh, I think they're more than uh, okay to to take on that challenge. I think this this yeah. is capable of making making quite a, a run in the next couple of weeks. And
0: I, I think there's an argument that it's his best coaching job that he's had at Kentucky. Yeah, I, I really do. I think you can make an argument for it. Just given the pressure, I think there was more pressure on him going into this year than there ever was at any point in his time at UK. Just because of the season they had, the the Final Four drought that that's going on right now, and I mean, it's still ongoing. You hope that this team is the one that kind of breaks through. But look, he credit to him, Jack. I mean, he made changes to his staff. He took a different approach. He went to the portal because he knew he had to. This roster isn't full of freshmen that are making impacts. I mean, it's full of veteran guys that honestly didn't find the best version of themselves until they got to Kentucky, like – they got Oscar Shiboy. They they knew the potential, but did they think it would be what it is right now? I don't know. Ms. Sabir yeah. Wheeler had turnover issues and, and everything, and a lot of took a lot of shots at Georgia. You, you took a chance there. You you had Kellen Grady coming in, and he was more of a complete player when it comes to scoring and things at Davidson, but I think he's a better NBA prospect for what he's doing at Kentucky. Like he's become a three-point specialist at UK. He's defending his spot now. That's why I said I think that it's his best coaching job because he's taken all these guys and they've been very good versions of themselves elsewhere, but they haven't been the best of themselves until they got to UK. And I think that was hard to do, honestly, and credit to them for getting it figured out. But this is a team that's going to take them on a ride for the next month and a half to two months, and uh, it's going to be fun to cover.
1: Yeah, we're uh, most certainly looking forward to it. Well, that's uh, we're inching closer to the finish line on this show, and I want to make sure we get some predictions in and and some uh, uh, you know what this team has to do to to come out on top tomorrow. So let's start uh, going into that, Sean. Let's uh, let's get give me an MVP, give me a what Kentucky has to do to win, and give me a final score.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go Kentucky 86, Florida 65. I'm taking a big win tomorrow at Rupp Arena. MVP for me will be I'm gonna go Tai Tai Washington. Ooh, and interesting! Some, I like that. And and some keys to the game. I'm just gonna say, you just, honestly, I think it's gonna be the same script for the next few weeks. Is just worry about you, take care of you trust yourself do the hit the glass I want to see Kentucky win the rebounding battle they've lost three straight and Mm -hmm. still won games I want to see them win the glass tomorrow dominate the glass take care of the basketball defend the three-point line just just all those keys and just uh play a consistent game across the across the stat sheet and the box score
1: I am gonna go with a Kentucky win they're gonna get back in that uh uh, you know, 85-ish point scoring range. I'm going to go 85 to 69 as a final score, and my MVP is going to be Savir Wheeler, I think he's going to get back in the scoring column, and I think he's going to have uh, you know emerge as as a go to scorer again. Kind of get his get his legs back under him, Uh, you know not not for you know a twenty five point game or something, but he's going to get back to that you know twelve point ten assist type. Type night, and I think that's going to be more than enough to put Kentucky over the top. Uh, and I think my biggest takeaways and keys to the game: you got to stop Colin Castleton. You cannot let him yeah. uh, explode for a you know seventeen and eleven type night with three blocks. You can't have that. Uh, so I, I think that the key is going to be exposing him and, and keeping him locked in down low. Uh, don't let him find his groove. I, Oscar needs to have a very big game uh, and hold him off the three point line. That this is a team that they're coming in hot. They're confident. Uh, for whatever reason, teams come into Rupp Arena and they uh, see see the rim as, as ten feet wide, and you can't give them that confidence going into this game, or or else it's going to be a lot closer than it needs to be. Uh, hold them off the three-point line, defend, get up in their throats, you know, make make them make them earn every single shot, make them earn every single point that they get on the board, and and uh, I think Kentucky comes out on top, and they do so in quite dominating fashion. Sean, let's uh, um Gonna be a good one. I'm excited to get back to Rupp Arena, and uh, uh, as the uh, Saturday afternoon matchups at Rupp Arena are starting to come to a close, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna take Coach Cal's advice, and I'm gonna enjoy this one uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's gonna be a good a good matchup.
0: Yeah, this is a Florida team that I think they've only got to 80 points twice since uh, late December. So uh, you would you would think that Kentucky, if they can get to that 80 point mark, that it that should be a safe zone for them to, to get a win. And I want to see them keep climbing in deficient uh, defensive efficiency. I want to see them get to top 10 in that category.
1: Yeah. They're already right on the cusp of that. Uh, I know that they're still right uh, up there at the elite elite levels right now. Number three overall in college basketball with that number five offense and number 12 defense. So this, this could be another uh, pretty solid opportunity to keep rising in those rankings and prove uh, that they are among the best of the best in college basketball, Sean. Let's get out of here with one final message from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway, and there simply isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former. Wildcats play them by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers, whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games. Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. You can add Uh, Picks across sports as well, the NFL playoffs are here. The Super Bowl is on Sunday. It's going to be an awesome matchup between the Rams and the Bengals. Add in some of those players to your picks with their over or under projected receiving, rushing, or passing yards. Download the Price Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code Pilgrim. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the PrizePicks app or prizepicks.com and promo code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean Smith, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work?
0: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry.
1: You can find me on Twitter as well at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at With that, We'll be back uh, after the game for another Jam Packed Sources say podcast. We will see you then.